Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 826, air date October 31st, 2020. Get the link, I sent you. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Adure. How are you? We're going to be starting our live shortly. Wait till until people join. Sandy, I sent a link to your email. Click on that link. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll see who's joining here. All right, we're live here. All right, good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Yadure. Yes, thank you. So we're going to wait until people join. It's a little bit late on a Friday. I've been uh, uh, up a long time. We had a big win today, and we're going to talk about that and the implication of what it means. Good morning uh, from India. Good morning. What else do we have? Neil Armstrong, Nicholas Armstrong, Montana in the house. Nice to have you. Who else? Uh, Crystal, Crystal, great from Nebraska. And we have people coming in. Natick, Joanne, New York. Thank you. We'll start shortly. We're going to have some guests joining us too. Michelle, can you make sure, uh, Karina, I sent them a link to their email? We're going to have some of the other people joining us. Great to have people from Florida. Wow, Kodiak, Alaska. wonder how it's out there. Revere, great to have you. Miami, Alberta, Minnesota. Wonderful. Los Angeles, Tennessee, Naples, Florida, Georgia. Love you too. From, great to have you from New Jersey, Vancouver. Also in Maryland, upstate New York. Wonderful. We have about 540 people coming in California. Thank you. Yeah, it was a big win today, a big win for all of us, a big win for the First Amendment, a big win for truth, big win for freedom, and obviously a big win for health because without uh, uh, truth and freedom, make sure we can have health. So um, we're going to have a couple of guests joining with us, but let me start. Today was an incredible day. Um, because we were very, very fortunate to have a judge, a federal judge in the court who actually cared about the First Amendment and was willing to be fair. And uh, what I want to do today is to give you an overview of how we got to this court case, um, the big victory we had today, and the many more victories that we expect as we go to different phases of this litigation. Um, and as people are joining in, uh, I want to remind everyone that, uh, as many of you know, our U.S. Senate campaign has escalated to a full-blown write-in campaign in Massachusetts. And if people want to know more, more about that, you should go to shivaforsenate.com. We literally have about four days left in this campaign. Today's, what, the 30th, 31st, 1st, 2nd, 3rd. So four days left. And what's important is that many of you know that they committed election fraud against us. Uh, which I've talked about, and I'll summarize that, but we didn't walk away, we didn't run away and get depressed. We escalated it to doing what we call a write-in campaign, and that's what we're doing right now. And that write-in campaign is progressing across Massachusetts. We have thousands of volunteers who are out there putting, you know, I think we, we've distributed right now close to 1.5 million of these cards. You can see this. It's a stop election fraud, write-in Dr. Shiva, and, and we're teaching people to write in. It's an extraordinary campaign because it's become more than just a Senate campaign. It's become a campaign for truth, freedom, and health. It's become a campaign that's educating people. The only way we can succeed is by building a bottoms-up movement. And it's also educating people, as we've talked about, what I call the not-so-obvious establishment, meaning those people who keep us chained to the establishment through having two faces on the left and the right. So those three pillars have become uh, part of this movement, and we're educating people across the world to recognize that the only way that we get freedom is not by them, not by voting for them, but but us building a movement bottoms up. And that movement needs to be based on the pillars of truth, freedom, and health. It needs to be founded in the recognition that working people need to unite beyond black and white. And then finally, it needs to recognize that the real enemies of people who distract us from building our own movement is not the establishment, but what we call the not-so-obvious establishment. You have it on the right, and you have it on the left. 
And those people sucker us back into the establishment. Uh, Scrimshaw Rose wrote, I'm in. You excellent. So we have a couple of people joining us. We have probably Karina joining us. We recently got Harry. Is that right, Karina? I think so. Um, <laughs> Karina's joining us. And we also have um, a couple of other people joining us. And Jen Ben's joining us. We're going to have a mixture of triple agent, as we know her, uh, is joining us. Um, but um, we wanted to have people on because people are listening to our hearing. Um, so what I wanted to give you the background was what happened today. Why is this important to everyone? Well, the background of this, the history of this is on September 1st, we won the, the, the Republican primary on a landslide. As many of you know, we have thousands of volunteers out there. We had tens of thousands of lawn signs and bumper stickers. Hundreds and hundreds of people did standouts every day, all working people. We raised tons of money. We had billboard ads, radio ads, and 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 the opposition in the Republican primary was a guy who no one knew about, uh, another dirty lawyer who helps white collar criminals. And this guy was backed by the Rhino Democrat, uh, uh, the Rhino Democrat uh, governor of Cambridge of Massachusetts, who's into forced vaccinations. He's into lockdowns. Um, and this governor uh, essentially uh, found some fool to run for him right now to try to uh, distract us, uh, to try to derail our movement. And in fact, what was fascinating was that we noticed was this guy was nowhere to be found on September 1st on the primary election day. What do we find? We find out that we win in Franklin County by nearly 10 points all hand counted. And in every other county, we lose 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40. We didn't concede the election because we knew election fraud took place on September 9th. We then proceeded to issue a public records um, request to the Secretary of State demanding ballot images. And why did we do that? Because when things are not hand counted, machine counted, the ballot that you fill out goes through a machine and a photograph is taken of it, no different than your iPhone or your Android. That photograph is called a ballot image. That ballot image by federal law is a record that was generated and it should be retained for 22 months. However, what we also noticed was in the software we discovered um, uh, through some people who've been working on this for many years in election integrity, people like Bev Harris, John Brakey, uh, Benny Smith, they discovered that the, the software in these systems, and listen very carefully, can flip votes. So if you got 100 votes, I got 100 votes, it can multiply your votes by, let's say, three and 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 divide my votes by, let's say, two. So I get 250 votes and you end up getting 300 votes, okay? So that's a weighted race feature. And when that happens, you don't want the ballot images left So because that's that leaves a evidence. So we asked for the ballot images in Massachusetts. And the other thing to remember is in every uh, state, every city in Massachusetts, we requested the count between how many people actually voted and the actual ballots of the seven cities which we got data back, every city had more votes, listen to this, more votes than voters. Quite, quite extraordinary. And furthermore, when we went to the Secretary of State and we said, look, we want the ballot images, they told us that they have no ballot images. They don't save them. Ballot images are generated, which means they destroyed them. And they said that Massachusetts law prohibits them from saving that, okay? So basically they deleted the ballot images, they destroyed them. I tweeted that out, talked about it between September 1st and September 24th, and then bam, on September 25th, when I shared the email exchanges between me and the Secretary of State's legal counsel, where she is admitting that they have deleted, destroyed these ballot images, and doesn't give me the Massachusetts law, basically acknowledging they violated federal law, I put those tweets up on Twitter and bam, my entire Twitter account is banned for 14 days. And to the best of my knowledge, that's never occurred to me. And so we filed a $1.2 billion federal lawsuit. And the lawsuit we filed was for First Amendment violation. And what we asserted was that the Secretary of State contacted Twitter and induced them to violate my First Amendment rights. So we didn't go after Twitter because they're a private company. They can say, oh, we can do what we want. But in this case, it was a secretary of state 
that induced Twitter. Now, why is this important? Well, the First Amendment was created primarily against all of us to protect us from the government. Political speech, I'm a U.S. Senate federal candidate running for federal office. Political speech is the most protected speech, higher than government speech. Government speech does not trump, no um, pun intended, does not trump political speech. So, so we have Sandy, we have Jen, and we have Karina, all of whom were listening in. I understand you guys were on the hearing. I didn't even know you guys were there. I just found out. So, and we have Jerry. Uh, Jerry was on the hearing. So, send a link to Dr. Vainu. Oh, he does? Okay. Uh, can someone send the link to Dr. Vainu? He's going to join us too. Jen, can you send it to him? So, so, that, so what happened was we filed a lawsuit. Um, and by the way, it's very difficult to find, unfortunately, lawyers in Massachusetts who will actually take on the establishment. And I had to end up representing myself. And I've never represented in any court, and this is federal, uh, it's federal court. We are dealing with very serious people. And there were three lawyers who showed up on the other side. I've never been in a federal case, and I had to learn quickly. Um, luckily, I had a lot of people who gave me a little piece of advice. I had to put it together. But what I want to share today, uh, before I go, maybe we'll get some impressions from people, what they thought about it. And then I'm going to share with you the heartbeat of this case. And it's going to arm you with the fact that what just occurred was a landmark victory. And you know what? We don't expect anyone in the media to pick it up. They're not going to pick it up. It's us who has to talk about this because we have, all of us are the media. We are the press. So anyone who's got this, you should be doing lives on it. What is it called? The watch parties on it. You should be tweeting it out. But uh, let's start with uh, uh, Sandy. Sandy, what did you think about the hearing we had today? And I'll get into the details of what happened. Well, I thought it was very informative. Um, I've never actually experienced uh, listening to anything like this. But um, it was informative, and I thought that uh, you represented yourself very well. You were articulate, and um, and it helped me understand um, what the system is like. Yeah, it, it was a big learning experience for me. Thank you, Sandy. Who else do we have here? We have. Uh, uh, Karina, you were there, right? We'll just get a quick thing from each person, and then we'll go, and I'll share with you what actually happened. Karina? Yes, I was there. Um, I mean, it was quite fascinating to hear sort of the thought process, the way that judge had um, walked through the case and considered all the questions. And it was really interesting because he reiterated that he's really not a Twitter user, and he was just kind of trying to navigate. But it just kind of went to show how common sense this whole situation is really, right? And you could get really convoluted and confused between, you know, different things. But at the end of the day, what it's about is like you, you were saying, it's about the marketplace of ideas, right? And, and you can't mute anyone, or at least you should not be allowed to mute anyone, especially when you are working for the government and you're literally attempting to mute a private citizen or even more so a federal candidate, right? Or whatever, you, whatever public service candidate. So it was really quite quite interesting when, you know, the, I feel like the attorneys on the other side were really trying to kind of confuse things. And I loved how the judge just really brought it all to the sort of essence of things. And I thought he, was a, he did a great job just being very common sense and very pro-public interest in his judgment. Excellent. Um, uh, Jerry? I'm sorry, Dr. Can you hear Jerry? me, Dr. Shiva? Yeah, you're, yeah. So the, the one thing that, that uh, I got about it was the, 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 um, the judge, Mark Wolf, he was old school. And uh, at, he, he made a decision, I think, early in the, in the case, and he was letting the, uh, the lawyer kind of, you know, actually kind of paint himself in a corner at the end, the lawyer was squirming, you know? Uh, and, and the other thing that I got out of it was when he asked, and I can't remember if, it, if it, I think it was the, uh, the woman who was in charge of Twitter and also the, the council, he asked him, 
well, rather than going to Galvin, why didn't you guys just put out your own tweet uh, to uh, counteract what you felt was false information? And that was very telling uh, because they really didn't have an answer for that. And I think you, you got a lot of information that you'll be able to use in the upcoming big case that you're going to uh, uh, litigate. Yeah, so to Jerry's point, before I go over to Jen, um, we filed a complaint which had two parts. One part is where we are asking for the court to restrain the Secretary of State from contacting this private entity and use them to uh, ban me on Twitter. Okay, so this is a very, very touchy thing because Twitter has been getting away by saying, hey, we're a private entity. We can do whatever we want, right? We have our own rules of governance. We're a private company, a publicly traded company. And here's the government, um, which is not supposed to suppress uh, the speech of private citizens, particularly in the midst of what we call a political campaign, because that becomes a political speech. Or for that matter, if you're attacking the government, that's considered political speech. And that's why the First Amendment was created, that we could attack our government. We could say a lot of things. In fact, you are allowed even to say inaccurate things and, in fact, false things against the government. And in the marketplace of ideas, it should be adjudicated, not refereed by the government down. This is a very, very central point, which makes this country great. Other countries don't have this. Other countries, the government says this, the king says this, or the Communist Party says this, and you're whacked. What makes this country quite profound is that uh, value for political speech. So to Jerry's point, you know, um, the judge issued various orders. I, you guys may not be aware of this, but there was various orders and we filed the case. We weren't even sure if he was going to, so there's two parts of the case. One is what's called a restraining order piece, which courts don't like to issue, okay? Because that means they're making a position. A restraining order is quite a big deal. And then the second part of it is the actual $1.2 billion lawsuit. But the restraining order case is important because it basically is a litmus test checking if you really have a real case. Judges do not issue restraining orders unless, one, you show that if the restraining order is not issued, that it's going to cause you irreparable harm. That's one of the litmus tests. Second is that the, the issuance of the restraining order doesn't cause the defendant, which means the people are opposing, any, like it doesn't hurt them. And the third, which is a very important one, and there's one other, but I'm, I'm sort of compiling it. The third one is that you have a very high likelihood of winning the case. And if you remember, guys, he said, you know, Dr. Shiva has a very high likelihood of winning the case. He said it's not going to really cause irreparable harm to the Secretary of State because our restraining order, we're saying we just want him to stop talking to Twitter during this election cycle. So, and then the other one was it was going to cause me ongoing irreparable harm. And in studying this case, I had to learn a voluminous amount of literature because the way judges make decisions is they're using their judgment, but they're also looking at past law. I mean, a good judge is looking at what the law says. Like, what is the precedent that was set? So in this case, one of the interesting things, um, and before I go to that, Jen, what did you think? Jennifer Bennett? Yes. Yeah, so, so yes to everything that everyone else has shared, but one of the, the moments I actually really loved was when they backed themselves into the corner of being relieved that the the post that they were alluding to that need, you know, that of why, you know, they wanted it to, uh, why they contacted Twitter, uh, relieved that it had been removed was the post that actually was on Twitter. So I thought was that was pretty post? funny. Repeat that, again. Repeat that again. So there was a post in particular where they were trying to, to Karina's point, create confusion and chaos, right? With being, more you know specific on terms and this and that and they were trying to base their argument on on the first primary post was the fact that you were sharing that a hundred thousand ballot images we believe were destroyed you know and is what you know affected your loss in the primary which we all know that you didn't lose and uh they were relieved and they said they were relieved when it had been removed and so as this is happening right we're like no, no, it hasn't. It's still up on Twitter. 
So I thought that was pretty funny, just like seeing them kind of squirm and realize that they, one, didn't follow up on what they allegedly, right, were, you know, uh, trying to build their case around. And, uh, you know, two, I think they were relieved by the fact that the emails were removed because that's what they're the most concerned about was their. Yeah. Well, so, so there were three. No, there but were, they were, and they know by law they have to keep 22 months. Yeah, what was interesting with this case is that it was an interesting thing because the free speech issue is interesting because Twitter is a publisher or platform, whatever you want to call them, right? That's up to this big area of question. And Twitter's claim is, hey, look, it's we're a private company. We can throw off people, keep people, whatever we want, okay? It's a private company. So this has been a very, very important in law. So if you have a private entity and here's the government, the private entity can technically do whatever they want. And that's why Twitter gets away with throwing people off, et cetera. However, the nuance of this case was that the government, and here's me, a political candidate running for office, who uses Twitter as my megaphone to get the word out. And here I'm being banned. I mean, I put up close to 30,000 tweets over 10 years. I can't really remember any time I was taken down for 14 days or, you know, uh, attack like this. Uh, but the instant the Secretary of State contacted Twitter is when suffered 14 day, you know, uh, over, you know, multiple week ban. So this was a case we had to present to the court that the, the entity called the state induced Twitter to do this because we weren't suing Twitter, we sued the state. And this is what makes this a very landmark case because in this new territory of social media and Twitter, this is the first case that where we have the state, the government, being told, no, you cannot do that. You cannot induce a private company to stop political speech. It's a landmark case. I'm telling you, Ayadure versus Galvin will be the landmark case that is cited for a long time. So one of the first things that um, I had to prove is that the secretary's liability for Twitter's act. And what's interesting with this case is there's a very famous Aesop fable, which is about a monkey, you may know this, there's, uh, you know, I think there's chestnuts roasting on a fire, and a monkey wants to grab that chestnut, but it's hot, so what he does is he convinces a cat to go take that chestnut away, okay? And the cat burns his paws. And, the, it's, and so um, the monkey basically induced the cat to go steal the chestnut, okay? So the cat commits crime, the monkey gets away with it. However, a very famous Supreme Court case uh, took place, which was called uh, Staub versus, I think uh, Staub versus, let me bring it up, yeah. Staub, S-T-A-U-B versus Proctor Hospital, where this cat's law liability was brought up. It said that another, even though someone, one person did the actual crime, that you could attribute the liability to another person. So for example, in a company, let's say there's an employee and there's a boss, and then the boss um, doesn't like the employee and tells management, you know, someone way up, or even another employee to fire that person, right? The, the, the ruling was that that employee, not only can they sue the boss, they can actually sue the other individual, okay? The other individual becomes the monkey and the other, you know, the company becomes what's called a cat's paw. You guys following what I'm saying? So it's called cat's paw liability. So in this case, what we said was that that the cat here was Twitter and doing the bidding is a pro it was, it was a proxy for actually the Secretary of State. And so that was a framework we laid down. And the judge had asked us to review a case called Blum versus Yuretsky, which is about who do you actually sue? Do you sue the cat or do you sue the monkey? Okay. It's a very interesting case. So he wanted us to discuss that, which I discussed in detail. And he was frankly very pissed off with this Harvard trained lawyer who was my opposing counsel here. I've never trained. And he said, you know, you've had 10 days to talk about this and you didn't even bring up the details of this case. I don't know if you remember that. Manu. And it, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, again, I think you have the hubris of these guys um, they didn't think, you know, we were going to argue it well, but that was one of the first parts of the case that has to show 
that the Secretary of State was the actual proxy, okay? That, I'm sorry, that Twitter was simply a proxy. The real person driving all this was the Secretary of State. And what we found out in the midst of the testimony, this is going to be quite alarming to everyone and should be, that the counsel for the Secretary of State admits that not only did they contact Twitter and file a complaint, but there's also a national organization called the National Association, what do they call it? Secretaries of Election Divisions or something, National Association of State Election uh, Directors, NACD. And the person that did that at Massachusetts is the president-elect. And this organization has a high priority Twitter partnership. In fact, Massachusetts Election Division has a Twitter partnership, which means they can, when they call up Twitter, Twitter jumps. That's what, if you remember that woman Deborah O'Malley said, they jump, right? It's a hotline. So that further showed that the Secretary of State can induce Twitter because Twitter is under all this pressure about election misinformation, right? So when, it, when the Secretary of State calls them, it's not just like you or I calling them. I you remember that, Benu, that was one of the important points that came out, that they have a higher status. Do you remember that, Benu? Yeah, I certainly did. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about this. So that was quite extraordinary. So, we, so I think we showed that because we addressed this very particular case around that. The second thing, by the way, they wrote back, you know, I literally had to go this through this last night because at, at 4 p.m. is when they sent their opposition brief. Okay, which was a 30-page brief that I had to read through. And in their brief, they cited all this law. The second thing they said was, well, we're the government. Shiva can't attack the First Amendment rights of the government, that the government's here to protect you, right? We see Shiva putting out election misinformation, so we have the right to stop that. Well, here's the problem. So we had to argue the issue of government speech cannot trump political speech. And that was the second piece. And one of the interesting things was there was a very interesting case law that took place in Massachusetts, which was called Commonwealth versus Melissa Lucas, in which there were two candidates running. Melissa Lucas was running against another candidate, and she had said, you know, whatever, some uh, statements, which this candidate said were absolutely false, and he filed criminal charges against her. Well, and they, they passed in the first lower court, but then the Supreme Judicial Court Massachusetts, which, which, by the way, is the oldest court in the country, overruled, saying, no, 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 in a political campaign, you can say anything because it's a marketplace of ideas. So what we argued here was that government speech cannot supersede political speech. I'm a candidate running for political office. I should be able to say whatever the hell I want, including lies and misinformation and false. In my case, we weren't saying lies. We were saying the ballot images were deleted, they were destroyed, they were violating federal law. So that was the second piece. And that that their government speech trying to suppress political speech is against the law. Okay? And in their brief, they were all actually talking about the intelligence community, how the intelligence community is, is concerned about, you know, election misinformation. So that was the second thing uh, we showed. And then the third thing, which is very interesting, was they were trying to get our entire case thrown out. I don't know if you remember that, Manu. Oh, yeah. On what's called 11th Amendment immunity. The 11th Amendment says that in federal court, you can't sue state officials. And moreover, you can't sue them if there's not some impending future. You can't actually ask for a restraining order if there's anything about to occur, which means prospectively. So we had to argue, no, I'm in an election campaign. They've already banned me on Twitter because of the state's actions. And they and, and anytime I put up a tweet, which I got banned again, anything talking about those emails or referencing the, the those emails or the in fact lawsuit, boom, I'm I'm taken away. And and, and and the election is still not over. That means I'm still could suffer irreparable harm. So that was the next thing we had to show. Um, but those are the three things. And that government speech cannot supersede political speech, that the state induced Twitter. They, it's not Twitter was acting alone. We basically showed that the Twitter, you know, would not have done this on their own because the dog whistle election misinformation 
is Twitter is waiting on that. And especially if the elections division of the secretary of state tells them they're going to jump and do it. And that's what they did. And then the third part of it is that this was an impending event, that it wasn't something that was already passed. So I don't know if you guys got all that, uh, Vandy. I don't know if you want to say what you thought about it. You were on the call the whole uh, day, I understand. Yeah, I mean, there were so many things about that that were so revealing and frankly alarming from you know, the state insinuating that we're just little old Massachusetts. We just did a little report and Twitter can do whatever it wants. That's up to them to later on them revealing that, oh, we were actually a quote Twitter partner that they actually Twitter has a backdoor with special hotline from the state to ultimately, I thought what was the climax of that, which is when the judge asks uh, Michelle Tessinari, the counsel for uh, Galvin, um, did you ever think about actually instead of calling up Twitter, um, maybe just tweeting on your own, refuting whatever craziness that Dr. Shiva is, 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 is you're alleging he's doing? And she goes, no. And then he asks very carefully and quietly, well, why not? And she says, I don't know. So the state doesn't know why they should just use the First Amendment and refute what Dr. Shiva is saying if they disagree. What they actually would rather do is to take their whip and just go call Twitter and say, hey, you need to stop him. And it's just unbelievable. Hotline. And they have a hotline. And what was revealed was that there is an entire national organization all secretaries of state work with, and Michelle Tassinari is a president-elect of that. President-elect. And my point was that Twitter, in fact, did not delete that tweet that went viral, but right the day that they called, and why did they delete me? Let's get into the essence of this. This is what's really, really important. It was a content of my tweet. It was content suppression. And this is one of the most important things is against the First Amendment. I had tweeted emails clearly exposing the fact that the Secretary of State had violated had violated federal law. You see, they didn't really care if I'm being a quote-unquote loose cannon talking about election fraud. They were fine. Ah, that, like, you know, we're going to keep Shiva as a crazy guy claiming you lost the election, right? But when I shared those four tweets, Manum and Jen, showing that the Secretary of State is admitting that they did not capture, quote-unquote, did not store, which means E.G., I.E., deleted ballot images, and I have those emails that's when I became um, uh, disastrous to S Secretary Galvin. So that's why they didn't care about those other tweets. But those four tweets and everything after that, they whipped Twitter to delete. And I'm sure when we go to this, when we go to Discovery, I can't wait to see those emails come out between Tassinari and the National Association. So they're probably deleting those emails right now, okay? But the point is this that this is a huge landmark victory. I believe this will be referred to because we're in the nascency still of social media, but this is the first case, to the best of our knowledge, where a judge has ordered a state actor to say, no, you cannot, you cannot induce a private social media company to um, suppress the political speech of a candidate which is government speech thinking it can trump political speech. That's really the essence of this. And the Yeah, I mean, and, and I, this, is, this is so momentous. I want the audience to understand how momentous this is because, the, the, because the, the usual tripe is always, well, Twitter's a private company. Twitter can do whatever it wants. No, not exactly. Twitter is a public forum. In the 21st century, Twitter, Facebook, these social media groups are public forum. And this is an instance in which the judge is saying that you cannot, as a state, block somebody who is using a public forum that's a violation of the First Amendment. That, that is the, that's the actual definition of fascism, when the state uses some corporate entity to execute its bidding. Yeah, I mean, it's even more, yeah one of the, it's even more interesting, Vayner, it's even better than that. 
because Twitter claims they are not a public forum. They're a private company, okay? This is even better than that. This is, the judge has ruled that the government cannot induce a private firm, okay? Because they're private. They could claim this is not a public forum, okay? This is why this is, the subtlety of this is really needs to be understood. Twitter has been getting away saying they're a private entity, okay? In the Blum versus Yaretsky case, the reason the judge had us review that, which by the way, the opposing counsel didn't even review, is that there was a person who was in a nursing home and the nursing home decides to move them from one site to another site, okay? Um, and the, the person who didn't want that done sued the nursing home um, even though they were paying money to Medicaid, okay, to do all this, saying that the nursing home was being induced by the state and the state was an arm. Uh, I'm sorry, the nursing home was an arm of the state. And it got thrown out in, by the Supreme Court because th they said, look, the nursing home can do whatever they want, okay? That's like the private entity. So had I sued Twitter, that's what they would have said. Oh, they're a private entity. They can do what they want. So what we did was we went after the state because what we were saying was, uh-uh, the state had induced this private company. Okay. This is very different. The, the, the issue is not about public forum even. The issue is that even in the case of a private entity, the state, this is a cat's paw. The state used Twitter as its cat's paw. Okay. The state was a monkey monkeying around telling Twitter what to do, okay? Telling Twitter to go grab that chestnut. You see what I'm saying? The cat's paw, which means commit a crime. But this, with, had the state not been involved, this private entity would not have been done. So it has nothing to do with public forum, okay? The more important issue here is that it has to do with the fact that a government induced a private entity. And in order to show that, that's why, I mean, we went into it strong, but we came out even stronger because Deborah O'Malley and Norbert was admitted that they also have this other, like, it's not only they induce, but they have a really big channel. They have like a hotline, a bat, bat, bat phone. They have a bat phone to Commissioner Gotham here, or, you know, Batman here, okay? They're like Commissioner Gotham, whatever, Commissioner Gordon, okay? They can directly call Batman and tell him anything to do. They have the bat phone. And that bat phone is what they call their Twitter partnership. So I thought it was, I thought we left out even stronger, man. And I think, I think everyone, every state, everyone listening should understand the reason this is important is, you know, uh, a government official can say, I don't like Karina's speech. You know, she's saying, quote unquote, election misinformation. This is no different than how a fascist works. Oh, that person is against the state. Shut him down. Okay. Election misinformation is what they branded me on, but it had nothing to do with election misinformation. That was a dog whistle for the fact that I exposed Galvin violating the federal law by deleting his office, deleting those ballot images. That's what this was about. This that, and, and still about that. The election integrity issues are what they did not want to come out. That's And in fact, to let everyone know, we put out, I just want to share with everyone, uh, we put out a press release. Um, by the way, we try to put this out on PR Newswire. PR Newswire doesn't even accept our press release. That's a level of censorship that's going on. I just put it out. They said, oh, we can't put your stuff out. I said, why? They said, but due to this content. And I don't know who owns PR Newswire, so that's why we have to build our own platform at the bottom. So we just got this, by the way, guys, just like uh, right before. That's why I was a little bit late. Um, so this is, so we go direct as we've always learned. So this says federal judge orders Massachusetts Secretary of State, William F. Galvin to stop contacting Twitter and violating Dr. Shiva's First Amendment. And what we say here is Judge Mark L. Wolf of U.S. District Court issued an order at 3.30 p.m. October 30, 2020, declaring Massachusetts Secretary of State Galvin, one, shall not report or complain to Twitter concerning the tweets from plaintiffs. This is huge. First one is here's the first time a judge is saying to a, to a state, you cannot contact a private entity and tell them to shut down a private citizen's tweets. Second, he said, 
that they shall also ask this interesting sort of dark media entity not to report or complain to Twitter concerning any tweets. And the, and the third is he's essentially enforcing the First Amendment. This is what's interesting, everyone. He's saying if the defendant believes that any tweet or communication by plaintiff is false or misleading, then you get on Twitter and, and, and do your own thing. Why the hell are you shutting down speech? This is probably one of the most powerful victories because he's saying, look, I'm gonna enforce the First, uh, the first Amendment. You can't just be going around doing whatever the hell you want and using your bath phone or whatever your, your uh, you know, bath phone, right? To call uh, Batman or in this case, Twitter. So this was a huge victory. And uh, so we just have to get it out. So everyone out there, share this with everyone. And remember, um, this is what real fighters do. Our campaign, the people, uh, Karina, Venu, uh, Jerry, Jen, and we have thousands of people like this and all of you listening right here. We have built now a movement for truth, freedom, and health where we're saying working people must unite beyond black and white. We're talking about a bottoms-up movement, and that's what scares them because it is a bottoms-up movement that exposed lack of election integrity. No one else did this, did they? The rhinos and the Democrats, I'm sure they've known this crap goes on, but it was us, us, when I mean us, working people, all of you out there who supported the campaign, who come out on our videos, who donated to us, all of our volunteers, Dr. Vayne, who runs our call center, um, uh, Jerry, who's out there pounding away signs every day, Karina, who's out there giving away cards, helping us organize, Jen, who supports us, all volunteers, by the way. We're not political hacks. There's no lawyer here. Uh, and by the way, I presented myself to those of you joining. We didn't have to pay a lawyer. I actually talked to a lawyer. He wanted me to give him $1.5 million, you know, and he wanted me to give him $100,000 retainer, okay? We presented ourselves. And a, and a bunch of lawyers were saying, are oh, you going to lose? You can't win this. 11th Amendment, blah, 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 immunity, etc." We, in fact, fired one of them, okay? A complete dope of a lawyer. A fool, okay? So I think it's very important we all start learning law. I may even just go to law school just to learn this stuff, okay? I'll talk about it. But the bottom line is that our movement for truth, freedom, and health is what this is all about. This is about us recognizing to hell with the establishment, to hell with these flunkies, uh, you know, left or right. And by the way, Donald Trump was not left or right. He wasn't a Democrat or Republican. He was Trump. He hijacked the Republican Party. He made fun of, quote, unquote, establishment Republicans. But if you go to the website, everyone notices we're, we're writing in. You can donate to the cause. As you remember, anyone who donates to this cause. By the way, um, uh, we want to train all of you to be truth, freedom, health warriors. We need an enlightened group of people. We need people to understand the principles of systems. You need to understand that your body is a system. And anyone who donates to us gets access to the book. You get access to a very powerful tool called Your Body, Your System, which helps you under apply systems principles to your own body, understanding what kind of body you are. That's that red dot, how you deviate from your body, and how you can use the inputs of food and supplements and exercise to bring you back to you. So this campaign is not just some ordinary political campaign. It's a movement. And we're not stopping here. We're going to, by the way, have a massive victory party on November 3rd. Right, Karina? Big victory party. And everyone is invited. And if you guys want to learn more about it, just go right to the website right here. Jerry there is uh, the master of ceremonies on it. But you can go right to the website here. And you can click on the events right here. And uh, if you go right here, it's at 9 p.m. We're calling it the Truth, Freedom, and Health Victory Party. It's held on November 3rd. It starts at 9 p.m. to 12 p.m. midnight, 701. And by the way, it's a big protest, actually. It's a protest against election fraud, a peaceful protest. And you can RSVP right here. Shiva, I don't know if people can see it. Oh, you can stop on you, buddy. Let me go that. Thank you, Karina. Let me go right here and share with you the Truth, Freedom, Health Victory Party. So you can go right here. And it's on Shiva for Senate. You click on events. Let me go back here. If you click on events, thank you, Michelle. And if you click on Truth, Freedom, and Health Parker, it's at 9 p.m. So we're hosting it on election night. But to us, it no longer matters what they do. It's what we do. So that's what we want to celebrate. 
It's a victory on November 3rd we're celebrating. And if you want to RSVP, click here. And Jen, the event breaks is all set up, right? So please set it up. The tickets are uh, going to go fast. Uh, you know, $10 suggested donation. That's uh, a suggested donation. And please join us. It's going to be massive. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it's a peaceful protest, okay? Um, we don't uh, force enforce masks or any of that nonsense, okay? Boost immunity, build community. That's one of our goals. The uh, And by the way, tomorrow we're doing a big rally in Lemonster. A big rolling rally, Shiva and Trump rolling rally. Uh, a lot of the working people in Central Mass. And if you want to know more about that, let me bring that up. If you, if you go to the events section, let me go here. Am I in the right place? Which one am I in? Yeah. Let's see. Is that the one I'm on? Do you see my cursor moving, guys? Yes? Yeah. Okay. So if you go back to yeah. events here, everyone, yeah. and you click on tomorrow at 8 a.m., I'll be out there. We're having in Lemonster. The mall at Whitney Field, 100 Commercial Road, Rolling Rally, October 31st, Saturday at 10 a.m. So you can look that up. And um, and uh, we had a great one last time, and we encourage everyone to join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. But let me bring back everyone else. Anyone else, you guys, closing comments? Venu, Jen, Jerry? I would like... I. I Shiva, I think you made him look like to cool just remind today. everyone you, you, did a, you did an excellent job. You're like uh, Goodwill Hunting. You're like you're like Will and Goodwill. Thank hunting. you. You were great. Pro I, I, you know, I learned a lot. I mean, this was, you know, I normally uh, do not get nervous speaking, but uh, it was a very interesting position to be in because I had to take all of this law stuff, which I'm totally new to, be able to express it and then speak in front of a federal judge. I mean, these guys are like. I don't want to say they're like gods, but they frankly, a federal judge can do whatever they want. They have sort of achieved a level in their career that they really can do whatever they want. In many ways, they're bound to no one. So they have a lot of freedom. Jen? Yeah, I just wanted to add the uh, and remind everyone to connect with you directly, to go to shivaforsenate.com, uh, give your information so you they can stay up to date on everything that's happening or go to vashiva.com as well uh, to get access to all your great science and your lectures. Um, because unfortunately across the board, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube are making it harder and harder for you to have access to the truth. So just connect with Dr. Shiva directly and then you don't have to worry about that and you can get. Are you there, Jen? I think we lost Jen. You know, that we all need to be, especially now we head into the winter months. Yeah, one of the things we're going to be announcing, so everyone on November 3rd join us, we are going to be escalating this movement. We've had phase one where we ran in the primary, phase two where we're doing our write-in, but it's not going to stop. Phase three is going to, in fact, be more energized, more exciting than even what we're doing now. We're going to escalate this movement locally, nationally, and globally, the Truth, Freedom, and Health Party, which we're going to have on November 3rd, is going to escalate. It's going to escalate and start to provide you education. It's going to start educating. We want to essentially, we don't want followers like social media has. We want leaders. My goal is I'm just essentially an educator. I happen to be able to do that reasonably well. My goal is to educate each one of you to become leaders in your community. And my view is that in order to become leaders, you need three pieces of curricula. Otherwise, you're going to be in adolescent politics, talking about Republican, Democrats, splitting the votes. This is like childish, frankly, nonsense. OK, I want to elevate you and become make you much more politically enlightened human beings. And you need to understand some political physics. So the political physics are you're going to learn three pieces of knowledge. One is the dynamics of truth, freedom and health, which is system di systems thinking which we offer through your body, your system, and your body, you know, the system and revolution book, et cetera. And then I want to start training people to do learn, teach, and serve. So we have a program I've created through my Systems Health Institute, which we, anyone who donates over $50 or more gets that. It's a certification program where you get trained in these very powerful theories. And then I give you tools so you can go educate others because I want to have uh, sparks of light, you know, beacons of light everywhere. So you guys are mobilizing people bottoms up. 
but you do need to know political theory. There can be no revolution without a revolutionary theory, okay? And that revolutionary theory is the essence of truth, freedom, and health, the essence of understanding what I call the bottoms up movement. People need to get this. You can't trust media. Don't go relying that your success is governed on being on Fox News. It's bottoms up, bottoms up, bottoms up. And the future is offline. And you'll hear more about this. The future is offline. The future is us connecting with other human beings. The future is not going to be online because online is controlled by the few. Offline, we connect with human beings. We laugh, we go to rallies, we hand out these cards. Our volunteers have known the power of handing out this little one, less than one penny, three and a half inch, two, two inch cards. They meet people, they connect with people, and they become humans, okay? The establishment wants all of you going online. The World Health Organization is encouraging parents to have their kids play video games all day. Go look it up. Because when you're online, four or five people can control you, can, can control billions. This is what they want. They want billions to be controlled online. So if you're on Twitter, Facebook, etc., you can be controlled. But you know what? They can't control you if you're doing hang, hanging out with your neighbors. And on that end, that's what they want to control. They want us to wear masks, do social distancing. You see, they're trying to screw us from both sides. Push you online so they can watch you and keep you away from human beings. And what we're saying is, you know what? Connect with another human being. This writing campaign is quite subversive, frankly, okay? This is saying, raise your mighty pen, which is a sword, and write in Dr. Shiva for Senate. It's not just about me. It's about you recognizing that we need to reconnect with being human. That's what this is about. Because these voting systems, you can't rely on them. I'm telling you as a technologist, one person can flip the switch. You can't rely on Twitter. But the fact that the Secretary of State can make one phone call, and after 10 years of never being banned like that, they can ban me. What does that tell you? We have no freedom. And so we need to really gel with that. If you don't gel with that, if you're like, well, I don't know, well, you're screwed, okay? You're screwed. Those who get it and our people on our campaign get it, and that's what we want to educate you on. And that's what we're going to do. So phase three is coming, and uh, we're going to destroy the establishment. It's just a matter of time. We have the framework, and we put a lot of work in, but they need to be destroyed. These people are evil. They all work together. Right, they're throttling my audio. That's why, as Jennifer said, be ready. You know, I'm a technologist. You know, uh, I can build better stuff than the school, you know, Dorsey and all these guys. All right. They just got lucky because they all hang out in their incestuous crowd on Sand Hill Road or in Hollywood where they whatever with each other. OK, um, but just like we showed today, a guy with no law degree experience beat three lawyers because it's about working people. It's about hard work and fighting. That's what we got to do. We got to fight, fight, fight. Anything else, guys? Yeah, by the way, donate whatever money you can. But remember, when you donate to us, I'm not here to take your money. We're here to educate you. And we're going to explosively grow this movement. We need to destroy the establishment left and right. Hey, should I play for people some of the, 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 the latest video in closing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah is it on the events page? Is it, is it on the events page, Jen, the videos? Do you want, do you want the, tr the, the rally, the rolling rally from last weekend? Yes, yeah, so let me, let me play you the video or play the recent, the, the Charlie Baker video and then do that. Okay. What do you guys think, Karina? It, it's great. Yeah, just sometimes yeah, they, it gets delayed, you know, so I think that's the only issue. But I'll, I'll post the link also under the live so people yeah, can watch. Yeah, so let me, let me just share. Uh, Jen, should I do it from YouTube? I think I do it from YouTube, right? YouTube. They are all on YouTube. Yeah. Do so I'm going to play for everyone. Um, in closing, you're going to uh, play a uh, uh, couple of videos for you. Uh, and the, uh, I'll play three videos, and I think you'll like them. And this was – we have two ads running right now um, in Massachusetts. So let me play this one. This one's about exposing. Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Oh, this is about expo exposing what I call the Rhino Democrat mob. Let me play that for everyone here. And this we just ran this on uh, YouTube. 
So let me play this. Here we go. Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Remember to write in Dr. Shiva for U.S. Charlie Baker is once again rigging our U.S. Senate elections so his rhino and Democrat friends stay in power. He just endorsed a rhino fool whose law firm defends white-collar criminals. This fool said, quote, he's excited to bring Charlie Baker's brand to Washington. What is that brand? Lockdowns, destruction of small businesses, seniors dying alone, forced vaccinations, crumbling roads, bridges, and trains. And remember, Charlie Baker hates President Trump. That's the brand Baker's designated loser wants to bring to Washington. Remember, Charlie Baker hates President Trump. That's the brand Baker's designated loser wants to bring to Washington. Hmm. Remember, Charlie Baker hates President Trump. That's the brand. Let me just start this again. I'm not sure what's going on. It's weird, isn't it? What's that? I don't want you to share it. What's that? Yeah, they're blocking all my comments. Share it. I posted those links on the you live, and they're not going through. Huh? I posted all the links under you live and it says try again and I'm trying again, but it's not letting me post. Okay. Well, anyway, everyone go to, um, uh, to huh? To YouTube channel. There, there, yeah. Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Uh, everyone go to YouTube. They're up there. You can go look at the videos, but the bottom line, what's, what's occurred here is that, um, uh, is that we didn't back away. We're escalating the movement. And all of us, all of you out there, you're all part of this. This is your movement. And all of you should feel very, very proud of yourselves. Because what by, by being part of this, what you're saying is that you believe in yourself, that you're willing to stop your the brainwashing. You're walking away, not from the Democrat or Republicans. You're walking away from the nonsense. And you're saying, I'm going to reconnect with myself and my community locally, offline, being human again. And that's what this movement's about. It's about working people united. And that's why people are coming in droves. And that's why, as Jen said, people follow us. Because you see, we get, I used to get, what, 80, 100, 300,000 views. Now it's down to like 6,000 views. But you'll yeah. see so many comments, okay? Um, so that's the level of fear they have. So it's quite extraordinary. But anyway, two events. November 3rd, join us in Cambridge for the peaceful protest. Okay, against election fraud, AKA November 3rd, Truth, Freedom and Health Party. So um, join us there and tomorrow we're having a big rally um, in Lemonster. You can find out about it and everyone get out there and let everyone know to write in Dr. Shiva for US Senate. Write in Dr. Shiva for US Senate. It's more than a campaign, it's a political movement for truth, freedom and health beyond black and white so working people unite. And as you've seen, I will fight for you. And we're educating other people to learn how to fight. We want to have millions of warriors for truth, freedom, and health. Not followers, warriors. If we create a social media platform, it's going to be called leaders, not followers. Okay? We want to have lots and lots of leaders so they learn, teach, and serve. That's what we want. We don't want followers. We want leaders. I'd rather have 10 very enlightened leaders than, you know, 100,000 people who are thinking the Democrats and Republicans are their saviors who think Tucker Carlson or some fool on CNN is going to save them. You know, we don't want those kind of people because it's, it's just, it's a dead end. It's not going anywhere. Okay. So we need to rise up and believe in ourselves and reconnect with our communities. Anyway, everyone. Uh, yeah. Yes. I was just going to say something, something, you know, to, to people like myself, right. Who just for the longest time, just didn't used to vote at all. I mean, if there was ever a really good reason to vote, it's, like this is it. This is the movement that is absolutely worth your time and effort to just get out and vote. Even if you have to stand in line for the first time and you're gonna wonder what in the world, you really are making a huge difference. And I mean, my in my dream you know, scenario, I'm just imagining that people are actually waking up from all this nonsense that they're seeing with all this censorship and just clear, clear assault on our freedoms. And they just, you know, just say, you know what? I'm going to break the pattern. I'm going to get out and vote. And maybe we get like a million extra people voting this year than maybe in all the previous years in Massachusetts. And I feel like that would be such a victory that people were moved to go and vote, 
not because you know their mother always voted or you know some other like you know default setting right because so many people say oh you know i was born into a family that always voted democrat or always voted republican right so i feel like this if there was ever a time to do a, a big conscious consciousness shift right and actually get out and vote for the right things right for election integrity for you know real science for you know for just I mean, all the all the freedoms that we should have and and are just losing in droves. It looks like, I mean, this is the time. So please don't take it lightly. If you registered to vote, just do it. Yeah, thank you, Karina. And Venu Venu runs. You know, Venu is a uh, incredible doctor down in Texas. He has a full time job as a doctor. As Jerry works full time, as Jen works full time, Karina works full time. All of us do. Um, Manu has been talking to lots and lots of people on the phone, thousands of phone calls. And we're seeing at least, you know, 30, 40% of people saying they're going to write in us at least. And there's another 20% of people undecided. This is why the establishment is so afraid. They're afraid because they know their end is near. And that's why they're colluding so much. That's why you're seeing the complete consolidation of power between the private entities and the state. That's what you're saying. That's what we just fought today. So that's that's what that's what we're witnessing. Anything else? Yeah, it's very exciting. It's very very exciting. We are part. Our movement is the new Renaissance. Is the Enlightenment. If you want light, join Truth, Freedom, and Health. If you want darkness and you believe in sort of this gray area of muck, um, I feel I feel free. Okay, but most of the people out here. I've already made their decision. So anyway, I want to encourage everyone. Thank you again. Be the light, and let's keep up the fight. You guys stay on. Thank you, everyone. Be well. Thanks, Dr.